0: Good morning. It's Saturday, the 18th of September, and this is episode 5 of Thoughts from the Threshold, A Course in Miracles podcast. I'm your host, Eric Stone, sending you love and blessings from the seaside, somewhere in the hologram of the cosmic domain. Today we dissect the so-called ego dynamic and look together at its trifling cause. We read from Chapter 4, The Root of All Evil, the essay The Ego and False Autonomy. This is A Course in Miracles. a good place to stop. It's another way of seeing. Good practice. Like particularly when you're in communion with one another, when you're in a physical contact with one another to shift the focus from the eyes to the vision. The eyes to the vision. It's like, there's a subtle shift. It's like a click almost. You know, you can bring it in and you can, and immediately you begin to, of course, judge. It's unavoidable, yeah. Looking at, the dynamic of the ego, ego dynamics, that idea. As soon as you fall out of vision, there's ego involved, you see? It's the perception of differences. And any perception would be a perception of differences. Okay, this tastes like this, and that tastes like that. Unless everything tastes like chicken, and then that's... Yeah? perception involves necessarily differences or comparison. That's how you can tell. Vision knows nothing of that. So the moment you've fallen into comparison, it's a desert and there's nothing to do but get out. I mean, this is how you heal as well. You you assume responsibility and you understand it's not about manipulation of that which appears to be separate but it's about standing in atonement or in responsibility so that all of that whatever's occurring is very mysteriously translated in you as you you're a whole part of the translation and this is the beauty of it you see immediately that there's no separation that form is an illusion that division that we share of one context, one reality, one source, one being. That vision is real, and I would associate with that. That's where all healing is. It's that gap that I spoke about yesterday. It's the same idea, standing in that place, not relying on perception to tell you what's going on, because the moment you fall into perception, it's clear that no one knows what's going on. Everyone has a different story to tell. Is that what we looked at yesterday? Everyone has a different story to tell. It's the nature of perception. I'm going to read it from Jesus. So it's, it's helpful. We're, we're in some sense, as healers, we're therapists, because all healing is of the mind, if you like. So we're like psychotherapists. And that's why this appeared within that context. A Course in Miracles appeared within the context of psychotherapy, because it's that kind of approach. It deals with the ego, but not to justify it as Freud does, but to transcend it, to understand the nature of it so that it can be seen clearly for what it is and let go. That's the value in our teaching of it or in our attempt to show others the way. It's good, particularly when there's a lot of light, like these days, to understand the dynamic, the so-called dynamic of the ego, to see where it comes from and what it's up to and bring it to the light, in other words. That way, when you stand before one another, that's what's going on. All of that ego dynamic is simply being exposed. And we're looking at it and saying, we don't want that anymore. That's downright ugly, nothing but. And we are in a position where we can let it go. And I'm always reminded of that scene in the the elevator. What's that movie? Revolver. <laughs> that elevator scene, really, you're not me. And he stands calm as can be. He's unmoved. You're not me. You're not me. And then when he walks out, the guy's standing there, fear me, fear me. You know that scene? You know, he just walks right past him. Good movie, actually. And the director was married to Madonna, wasn't he? Who was the director of that film? Guy something or the other. <laughs> Guy Ritchie. You don't know Guy Ritchie? He was yeah. dis- yeah. notorious for that kind of film. And I think he was with Madonna for. Why is that important? <laughs> I have no idea. Fun facts. For written and directed by Guy How you doing? You finding a place? It's like a frat house. We're Simon. You are a saint, bro. And yes? nails yes. yes. in the males in the room? Was there transcendence of the ego dynamic involved? Always only is the answer. Yeah. That's the right. purpose. How can you argue with that? If everything is used for that purpose, then you can't argue with anything. Who's deciding whether or not it's used for that purpose? Say to me, I am. I am. You see how easy it is? What's it for? Do you, you old man used to say it all the time. I mean, the same is true of any instant of apparent otherness. What's this for? Why are we gathered here? Well, we're here to look at the dynamic of separation. What is that dynamic and why does it persist? Because you may well ask the question, where does the ego come from? If God is all powerful, how did the ego arise in the first place? Is that a legitimate question? Who thinks that's a legitimate question? I do. So does Jesus. (laughs) Watch what he says about it. This is from chapter four, the root of all evil. Can you imagine? The ego, the root of all evil, the ego and false autonomy. You have asked how the mind could ever have made the ego. Have you asked that question? You just asked that question. This says Jesus is a perfectly reasonable question. In fact, it is the best question you could ask. Why is that? Well, if you ask the question sincerely, the answer will be given. Where does the ego come from? Anyone have a quick response to where the ego comes from? How about nowhere? I like that response, thank you. It comes from nowhere and it's nothing. There is, however, no point in giving an historical answer because the past does not matter in human terms and history would not exist if the same errors were not being repeated in the present. So where did the ego come from? As if it arose in the past and now you're a victim of it. you see? And he's saying, no, uh -uh, uh. that's not the way it happened. There's no point in giving it an historical context. It's happening right now, look at it. It's happening right now, look at it. It's happening right now, look at it. Right look at it. He doesn't let you get away with anything because that's how it is. Everyone thinks oh, I'm a victim of the ego and now I have to work to transcend it. Mm-mm. Yeah? Looks like you're taking it seriously. Are you taking this seriously? Okay. I think it's time for everyone to take this seriously. History would not exist. History, all of history, and he doesn't just mean what's going on currently, he means all of history would not exist unless the same errors were being repeated presently. I think one of the things that are more useful of your teaching is every time you showed me that you're projecting the past, from yeah. Yeah. That's it. So when all you of change time. Your mind, so when the past changes. Exactly right. I remember when I said that to my friend the first time I realized it, he looked at me like I was nuts. What do you mean? You can't change the past? Okay. <laughs> if you say so. This follows from the lesson we did the other day about placing the future in the hands of God. It's like actually, and then he says, when you actually do that, you will realize that you place the past and the present in his hands as well. You place time altogether in his hands. You give time to God. Exactly. Exactly right. As a continuum. In other words, all of it at once. Where's the ego then? Where's the voice for separation then? Nowhere. But it takes consistent practice. That's all it takes. takes, In other words, he's gonna say it. It's always only going on, so there's no point in looking in the past. It's always only happening. Get a grip on the happening of it and transcend it. Do something else. It, it's not even, don't do that anymore, it's do something else. Mm. It's not negative at all, it's all life positive. Mm. What's opening up mm. now, you're beginning to see it. The world that's opening up now is a brand new world. It has nothing to do with the past. Mm. It's meant to be delightful. Mm. It's meant to be full of light. Now, in some sense, it involves release of cellular memories I'm moving around a little bit because I, I want to be thorough in this examination, in this consideration. In other words, it's not so easy to transcend the contraction because it's in the cells. It's become substantial, mm-hmm. physical. It actually hurts. Yeah. Physically, hurts. Yeah. It's cellular. And that's where it has to be healed, right there, as a memory. I sound like the mother or Aurobindo, that you're actually replacing the memories of suffering and contraction and fear with a memory of light. That's going on moment by moment every time you understand the so-called dynamic of the ego, which is only retention of the past, or self-concept, which is the same because all all self-concept is already gone. It's past. It's been reconciled in God. There's no way to escape reality and there's practice involved and it looks like this gathering how blessed are we that we can do all of our practice all of the practice that's necessary to transcend this tendency can be done in this company willing we're willing participants in this experiment we've taken it this far are you a willing participant i'm not leading anyone anywhere am i no have have i seduced you? Um, But not by my own efforts, just by being me. Okay. That makes me Krishna and you the gopis. Who's going to argue with that? (laughs) Thank you, Dolly. You're a beautiful gopi. All of the flowers in the room. Thank you. You recognize truth or, or love or communication or the state where in which the ego is absent. You recognize that because that's your natural state. That's home and you actually long to be there. Abstract thought applies to knowledge because knowledge is completely impersonal and examples are irrelevant to its understanding. In other words, you don't have to prove it to yourself. I keep frying the electronics. I fried my computer this morning. I tried to turn it on, and I saw this thing from Apple that I've never seen before. It was a circle with a line through it. Uh-huh. Like, as in, no fucking way. No way I'm starting up. <laughs> Yeah? It. <laughs> Tried it three <laughs> times, uh-uh, no way. You got like three quarters of the way, that line, like you wait until in ter- it's interminable, waiting for that line to fill in. <laughs> and then finally, v, uh, it's about to end and then, be. <laughs> it's not the first time. Mm-hmm. Awakening is electric. Why? Why is awakening electric? In because... Because everything's electric, yeah. <laughs> everything's energy. You can't Everything is energy. Clearly everything is energy. Christ's vision. I'm, both are going on all the time. But it is a matter of identification. It's a matter of being willing to transcend that tendency. To see something else, to know something else. To live in the state which is utterly something else there's always a cat appearing in the matrix have you seen the trailer for the new matrix it's co- what's it called resurrection. resurrection it's called resurrection the new matrix movie there's a cat that appears just like that one just because that's when there's a, a glitch yeah, in the matrix movie. you know, yeah like a deja vu one pill makes you larger another makes you small that's the music from the video. Go ask Alice, the Cheshire Cat. (laughs) All of the signs are there. Is this a psychophysical realm? Clearly, yes? I mean clearly now, clearly, yes? Clearly everyone in the room, this is a psychophysical realm. Your mind is affecting the matter, clearly, from your own direct experience. Not because I'm leading you somewhere, but because you're seeing it for yourself. That's a requirement. You must see that for yourself because this dynamic that I'm talking about is in the mind and is affecting what you see clearly. And it must be understood, examined, penetrated, and transcended. (sighs) Must be. (sighs) So Christ's vision is abstract, that's what he just said. Abstract thought applies to knowledge because knowledge is completely impersonal. Christ's vision is completely impersonal. There's one person, and examples are irrelevant. Nothing needs to be explained to us. If we share the vision, everything is perfectly clear. Perception, however, is always specific. Perception is always specific, yes? Always requires an explanation. That's what perception is. How are we going to get past it? Each man makes one ego for himself, although it is subject to enormous variation because of its inherent instability, and one for everyone he perceives, which is equally variable. Can you imagine the state? Can you imagine the state? You make an ego for yourself and one for everyone that you perceive. And it's entirely variable. It can change in any instant. Yours, theirs, everyone's. Holy moly, that's the state (laughs) There, Woo hoo! Have you taken a good look at it? Still want to retain it? Wow, what a job. How much work is involved? Oh my God. You've put eons of effort into it, says Jesus. Eons. You gotta be responsible for this dynamic. There's no other way out. The light gets in, shines it away. Reveals it as unnecessary. You don't have to do that anymore. You don't have to make an ego for yourself. Their interaction is a process. Their interaction is a process Which literally alters both, because they were not made either by or with the unalterable. It is particularly important to realize that this alteration can and does occur as readily when the interaction takes place in the mind as when it involves physical Presence Thinking about another ego is as effective in changing relative perception as is physical interaction you getting this There can be no better and you know This is so everything that's happening now Kevin for instance all that's happening now all of those thoughts that are arising and Making an appearance no differences there could be no better example of the fact, remember we're doing a fact check, that the ego is an idea, though not a reality-based thought. The ego is only an idea, and that's how thinking about another is the same as being in the physical company of another. Yes? Thinking about an ego or about a self concept or about a a construct in time and space, an accumulation of memories in time and space, thinking about that one. So we're trying to reestablish communication, which is beyond the body, beyond perception. It's direct. Thought is sufficient. We're trying to get there and then we can turn all thoughts over. We can release all thoughts together. There is an instant of thoughtlessness, make no mistake. And in that, I don't know what anything is. I don't know who I am. I don't know what I'm doing here. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know anything. I'm utterly surrendered. I don't even know what to think about it. Not only that, but I'm tired of thinking about it. Your own present state is a good example of how the mind made the ego. Uh-huh. okay, so you asked the question? Your own present state is a good example of how the mind made the ego. You do have knowledge at times. You do remember love at times. But when you throw it away, it is as if you never had it. Ooh. Yeah, everyone? Got a sense of that? You do remember the communication at times. Oh, yeah, there it is. But when it's disregarded, and you know the instant that it's disregarded, it's when the self-concept is identified with, is more important, is more valuable. When that is the case, it is as if you never knew love. And you can't even remember it. You can't get back to it. Oh, what an awful state. It's awful. It's awful and it's gotta end. These ups and downs, they gotta end. No, no. Throwing it away, where we are now, mm mm-mm. It's the same idea we looked at yesterday. We're either almost there or we're there. And if we're there, love is always here. It's never not here. There's never an instant I can suffer Here I take my stand. Here I'm renouncing the ego. Get thee behind me, Satan. In all of the voices that come to cast doubt, they will appear as all sorts of things. I'm being haunted by voices forever. Since I took my stand, made my declaration, all of the voices, "Eh, I know who you are. You're some ancient who knows what. It's all myth none of it is real none of it just because there's like a an abstract sort of symbolism to the mythology doesn't make it real it's no more it's no more real than this what's more yeah. mythical than this we're on a mythical journey joseph campbell yeah. the hero's journey we're on a heroic journey the struggle against This tendency, the dynamic of the ego, it's profound. It's what the movie Revolver is all about. It's the same idea, it's that heroic struggle. Is that how your story ends, your movie? Is that how your movie ends with ego transcendence? Yeah, and when that occurs, you see, the movie it never happened, it never occurred. The ego never was. This willfulness, in other words, willingly throwing away knowledge, willingly throwing away knowledge, yes? yes. That's, will, that's the willfulness he's speaking of, is so apparent that one need only look at it to see that it does happen. One need only see it, it's there, there it's happening. I'm doing it, this is self-contraction, I'm doing it. I'm, I'm doing it, I'm doing it right now. I'm throwing it away. I'm choosing to forget. I'm choosing to suffer. I'm choosing to hurt myself. I'm choosing to do that. That's the ego dynamic. And it must be apprehended. It must be understood. I'm doing it. I accept responsibility for the doing of it. That's how it's apprehended. And then once it's clearly seen, Another choice can be made. But that instant has to be held in awareness because otherwise you throw it away. You lose it. It's not valuable enough to, to hold on to. I'd rather go back to my self-concept. or I'd rather go back to suffering. It's intense, yeah? I mean, you're looking at the whole history of humanity. It amounts to nothing more than repetitions of this, of the dynamic that we're speaking of. It's just another cycle of that. Another cycle of that. If it can occur that way in the present, why is it so surprising that it occurred that way in the past? He throws a, he, a little dig at Helen and the other guy, Bill Thetford. Psychology, and you guys are psychologists, psychology rests on the principle of the continuity of behavior. Doesn't it? In other words, if you did it before, you'll do it again. Isn't that psychology? Surprise is a reasonable response to the unfamiliar, but hardly to something that has occurred with such persistence. Mm. Like, why are you surprised? It's what you've been doing all along. Actually, Freud calls it the principle of repetition, and it's like a it, Yeah. Impressive. Yeah, it's reflexive. Yeah the principle of repetition. I am using your present state of how the mind can work provided you fully recognize that it need not work that way. That's all I'm trying to show you. We don't have to argue about how long you've been doing it and about when it arose. No, it's happening right now and it need not happen. Are you with me? Okay, that's it, that's all he's saying. Get a grip. It's happening now. It's the only thing that's going on. This self-control, this, how, how often was God doing this? Trying to show you, this is what's going on all the time. Not, this contraction, this fear, this reaction. It's avoidance of relationship. Yeah, you, know, you haven't seen it with such clarity until now. What? Practice was necessary. Or exposure to the alternative was necessary. The ego believes it is completely on its own, which is merely another way of describing how it originated. How cool is that? What do you, The authority problem. Hmm. The denial of God presently. That would be the authority. So as you go back, as we go back, as we ascend, we come to that instant again. Is God present? Or will I deny God's presence once again and suffer? Is God present? And you can watch the, the so-called ego dynamic. It's just the tendency to deny the presence of God. Now, that involves the practice of living in this state of grace, but again, that's been given and received. You're perfectly aware of that state. Perfect. We can't argue about that. Look at Ron. He's trying to drink from the fishbowl. <laughs> he never drinks from the water dish. We have a water dish he doesn't drink from there. He drinks from the, you know, the plate at the bottom of the flower pot where all the excess water goes. He drinks from there. Will only drink from there or from the faucet directly? Yeah, yeah. He likes to drink from the faucet. <laughs> the ego is the belief of the mind that is completely on its own and that refuses to join with other minds. Like that idea. Right. Its ceaseless attempts to gain the soul's acknowledgement—in other words, to gain the acknowledgement of you—are utterly Useless. They will amount to nothing. You're not an ego. Nor can you be, even now. And I would not construct one for you because I would not make one for myself. I'm done with limitation. Done with it. I'm setting everyone free. The soul, in its knowledge, the soul which you can look at it in terms of Christ's vision, which shares Christ's vision, is unaware of the ego. It does not attack it. It merely cannot conceive of it at all. While the ego is equally unaware of the soul, it does perceive itself as rejected by something which is greater than itself. This is why self-esteem in ego terms must be a delusion. Self-esteem or self-worth in terms of the ego is a delusion. It's a delusion. Self-esteem in terms of comparison is an illusion. The term salvation does not apply to the soul, which is not, even now, in any danger. Salvation is nothing more than right-mindedness, which is not the unity or the one-mindedness of the soul, but which must be accomplished before unity can be restored. Right-mindedness, dictates the next step automatically because right perception is uniformly without attack. And this is again in that place, in that gap, where the self-contraction is clearly seen. Right-mindedness dictates the next step automatically because right perception is uniformly without attack. So that wrong-mindedness is, he uses the word, obliterated. Mm. Wrong-mindedness is obliterated. And in some sense, he's referring to the taking a stand. It has to be obliterated. In other words, (laughs) it has to be utterly transcended to the point of dissolving altogether. And that requires some vigilance. Let's use the word vigilance. It's actually an expression of the power of God that is in you. I will do this. I will complete this. I will finish this. I will awaken. And that's not an individual will or an assertion of an individual will. It's an alignment of your will with the will of reality. Presently, always only. And it includes all of that. Everything that appears to be happening. It's all included, nothing is rejected. Mm -hmm. It's just seen for what it is. I won't be distracted because everything is what it is. There's no point in looking into it, everything is what it is. There's no point in examining it, no point trying to figure it out, everything is what it is. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's the only place that you're free. I am committed to keeping each and every one of you safe in this process now. Absolutely committed to that and that alone. I'm not even concerned about anything else right now. Now, If that looks like a safe place where we can all gather and love one another and support one another in this final step, then so be it, let it be. But let it be today because this dynamic I described is the dynamic of delay. That's all it is. It's a dynamic of not yet or almost there or I'm not ready yet. It's not true. Not only are you ready, it's been accomplished. Yeah. That's what I'm asking you to accept, the accomplishment. Accepting atonement is nothing more than accepting that it is accomplished. And it is accomplished because it's God's will, not because of anything I've done. All I can manage was the ego dynamic. That's the best I can come up with. shit. <laughs> well, it was effective for survival on planet Earth, I guess. Not so much of an accomplishment, though. <laughs> Big deal. To what end? Why do I want to survive at all? For a few brief amusements? Really, is that, is that it? Is that all that this has to offer? I will let Christ's vision be my sight and my guide today. I will not depend on the body's eyes, on perception at all. I will allow perception to be rightened, to be made right, to be made true, to be made aligned with my purpose. And that that may look like change in the substantial, but we're not fooled by that. We, We know what's going on now. All of this is just being made right. It's being made, the context is being made right. That's why I use the word righteous a lot. I don't mean self-righteous, I mean according to God's will, that kind of righteous. It's not God's will that I suffer another instant of disease. Perfect peace is my birthright. Perfect health is my birthright. Perfect health is my birthright. And I'm informing the cells down to the fucking toes. Perfect health is my birthright. And I am at home and fear or the ego dynamic is a stranger here, doesn't belong in my house. Get some rest today, be gentle with yourself. Even physically, be gentle with yourself, take it slow. Breathe, enjoy the breeze. Nurture yourself today. You're a lot more innocent than you may think. I was about to go through the roof, (laughs) September 23rd, (laughs) along with everything else. hope you have enjoyed this episode of Thoughts from the Threshold, and that it's useful to you in your journey through time and space. Until next time, all glory to real God in the highest, and on earth peace to all those who share God's will. This is your host, Derek Stone, sending love and blessings from all of us here in the holy place, set in time, but yielding only to that which is eternal and eternally Wonderful. May God bless us all.